Welcome back to the Standing O podcast with me, Coach D. As always, I'm so glad you're here, and especially today because it's another story time episode. I actually started the Standing O podcast because of stories, because of those stories we play on repeat in our minds, the ones that are grounded in excuses and insecurities, and we've played them so much, we start to believe they're true, and they they rob us of our confidence and of our joy in which we play. And so that's why we're telling stories here, and that's why we're having these conversations. And today's story, it's going to lead to great conversation for you. I really think you'll enjoy it. Today's story is about a golfing family. Yes, a family united in golf, in the stories of golf, in the time of golf and being together on the golf course. But more specifically, it's about a younger sister named May and how May really, really, really wants to play, but she is paralyzed by perfection. So as you listen today, I want you to ponder the question, where am I afraid to take the swing? So here it is. Here is May's Perfect Swing, written by me, Coach D, and once again read by the talented Elizabeth McBride. Meet May. May is the youngest of four siblings and the only girl. She has spent what seems her whole life on a golf course. Her parents met, as the story goes, on the golf driving range, and every Sunday since, they hit ball after ball on the range until the sun begins to set. All three of her older brothers eased right into golf, starting younger than May is now in local club tournaments and continuing to play for high school and college teams. Yet, every Sunday, they still make it to the range because May's family is a golfing family. When she was really young, May's biggest dream was to be in charge of the golf cart, of actually putting her pedal to the metal and driving it down the steep hills herself. While her parents hit balls, her brothers would squeeze little May in tightly between them, then sneak out in the golf cart. Just the four of them down the cart path, then when they were on the back nine, her brothers would go off path and speed down the hills and through the trees. It was mostly terrifying, but May never told them that. As her brothers got older and decided they'd rather swing their clubs than go backwoods exploring, May never took the golf cart out on her own. She only ever imagined it. Instead, she just sat there organizing the pencils and scorecards, making sure everyone's clubs and bags fit neatly in the back. One perk of growing older, May has upgraded to being any one of her brother's golf caddy. She's unsure if her brothers actually asked her to be or if her parents made them. Either way, May loves getting to walk the course with her brothers because it's a new and safer way for them to explore the golf course. This is their way of bonding. Only a golf family like Mays would understand. Sunday dinners, after a day of hitting balls, the conversation is always golf. 
May saw it all, of course, as she sat in the golf cart studying her family. But hearing her family talk about it is her favorite part of Sunday. May sits and eats quietly, taking note of how often her brothers exaggerate, like when her eldest brother brags about how he is really connecting. May looks at her parents and rolls her eyes. Or when her middle brother describes how he perfectly nailed the range cart and the kid driving the cart fell out, ducking for cover. May almost spits out her milk watching his reenactment. Or when the youngest brother brags about emptying three baskets of balls, May shakes her head like the rest of her family because he's constantly competing with something. May always seems to miss their exasperating, I'm never playing again, my shot is horrible, remarks because they're always up with the sun the next day and back on the course. Golf is a quiet game of study, May has learned. She notices her brothers and other golfers take a lot of practice swings before they actually hit the ball. How they'll look out into the fairway, judging angles and wind. How they'll squat down on the green and analyze the best path for the ball to travel. May knows that great golfers study. Wanna try? Her eldest brother asks as they stand on the practice putting green before a round. I'm not ready, May replies. May continues to study. At home, she watches YouTube videos of the greatest golfers. She notes how Brooke Henderson uses a wide stance to drive the long ball with a lot of power. She learns how Tiger fixes his posture and eyes over top of the ball as he readies to putt. She studies Sergio Garcia's unique grip on the club. May takes note. She stands in front of her mirror and practices her stance. She holds an imaginary club and swings. It feels funny. It doesn't feel smooth. It feels really awkward. It's not perfect, May thinks to herself. May turns back on her computer, convinced there is still so much to learn about golf. Heading to the course, her middle brother opens the door to her room. Could use a caddy or a partner if you want to play, he offers. I'll caddy, May agrees, but I'm not ready to play yet. The following Sunday per ritual, May's family is at the driving range. May has on her golfing hat, golfing skirt, and pristine white golfing shoes. May looks the part of a golfer. Well, a golfer without clubs as hers are still untouched in the back of the cart. While each member of her family has already grabbed a basket of balls and found their own tee, May sits in the cart and studies. She sees how they all have their own way of getting ready. How her biggest brother bounces the ball three times on the head of his club before placing it on the tee. How her middle brother wiggles his hips to get in position. How the youngest brother dumps the basket out so it's easier for him to grab the next ball. She studies them so much. She can see their swings with her eyes shut. May! Her youngest brother summons, awakening her from her daydream. There's room over here by me. I'm just watching. My swing's not ready, 
Her youngest brother stops arranging his golf balls, brings his club right underneath him, and looks May in the eyes. Your swing will never be ready by watching other people. Your swing will only come if you take a swing. Her other brothers walk over, one with her clubs, one with a basket of balls. Swing, May, they encourage. And because she knows her brothers won't let her walk away without trying, and more because it's impolite to cause a scene on a golfing range, May grabs a seven iron. She puts a ball on a tee, straightens her feet like she studied, grips the club like she's practiced, and wriggles her hips like she's watched. May swings. She shanks it. She sets up another ball on the tee, straightens her stance, grips it just so, wiggles and swings again. This time the ball dribbles off the tee. She swings again. This one catching good air and flying straight. Each swing a little better. Her brothers offer no advice except swing. Nothing about it is perfect, except that she is actually doing it. At dinner that night, they of course talk about golf, but this time it's May. She exaggerates on her good hits. She leaves out the bad ones. She even brags about cleaning out four baskets of balls. May doesn't miss the golf grumbling this time. She's the first to say, I'm never playing again. And they all laugh because they're a golfing family and they know they'll be back on the course tomorrow. Just swing. Now my family, we're not a golfing family. Actually, that's a little bit of a lie. My parents and my brother love to golf. Um, I just, I don't know. I, it just, it wasn't the sport for me. However, in college, I did work at a golf course. And so that's why the conversation with May and her brothers is, that's why I wrote it because at the golf course, it's like all people do is complain and, oh, they, you know, they're, they're, oh, this is the worst game ever. This is horrible. I'm never playing again. And yet day after day, they're there, they're back. And you, you, you know, you would have thought that they were giving it up entirely, that they hate it, that they're awful, but yet they're back every day, swinging again and swinging again. And that's why I think it's the perfect illustration for how we overcome perfection. It's by swinging. It is just by doing it. We have to have the habit of trying of just trying, even if it's ugly, even if it's horrible, just to try. I've been a high school girls coach for over 15 years. And I see this so much more in my female athletes than I do in my male athletes. They're just afraid to try. They're afraid to try because of how they're going to look because they know how it's supposed to look. So they don't even try because they know their first try won't look like that. And the thing we have to remember, we live in such a filtered world where we see, you know, the encore presentation. We never see the behind the curtain is so much of sport, so much of growing and learning and improving. It's behind the scene. It's the rehearsals and the repetitions and just the ugly, weird, awkward feeling. I love in the story how her brothers, they just watch her swing. 
I think about that with my own kids about how, you know, they're young and they're trying and it doesn't look right and how I should, I, you know, I really want to coach them and tell them how to do it differently. But so much of sport and of owning your own journey is figuring it out for yourself, figuring out your rhythm, figuring out the best way that it works for you, because it's going to be different for me than it is for you, than it is for the person next to you. And um, that's why I think that's such an important part of the story. But as you think about this, I just remember that you can go over to She Plays Now dot com and there is uh, discussion questions and uh, for this story and all the other story times that we have but I want to leave you with this quote by the Nobel Prize author John Steinbeck and now that you don't have to be perfect you can be good how powerful is that here is permission to not be perfect to no longer be paralyzed by perfection and just go try, go try and go be good. Because the more you try, the sooner you'll be great. Thank you for tuning in to the Standing O podcast. As always, I truly appreciate you tuning in and supporting. So please make sure to share and subscribe and we'll catch you on the next one. Until next time, this is Coach D and I'm cheering you on.